This is the Daily Detail, powered by 1819 News, Honest News. Alabama. Alabama. Our great state. The voice of Alabama values. Alabama. Unbelievable people. And now, here is Andrea Tice. A hearing date has now been set when it comes to a lawsuit that challenges a new state law here in Alabama that bans transgender practices for those under the age of 19. The U.S. District Judge Lyle Burke will have an evidentiary hearing on May 5th and then consider whether or not to issue a preliminary injunction that would halt the law from going into effect on May 8th. The legislation that was passed by the Alabama legislature and signed by Governor Ivey makes it a felony crime for a doctor to provide cross-sex hormones, hormone therapy, or any type of gender reassignment surgery to anyone who is a minor under the age of 19 in the state. Talladega has a new police chief engaged in law enforcement for that area. Chief Diane Thomas was sworn in on Monday. And that I will faithfully. And that I will faithfully. And honestly. And honestly. And fearlessly. And fearlessly. Discharge the duties. Discharge the duties. Of the office. Of the office. Of police officer. Of police officer. For the city of Talladega, Alabama. For the city of Talladega, Alabama. To the best of my ability. To the best of my ability. So help me God. So help me God. Congratulations. She even gave a brief speech following that ceremony. So thank you all. I, I, I know I've got uh, a lot of work to do. Amen. I have a team behind me that's willing to work. Uh, we're going to beef up our police department. We're going to uh, recruit some qualified candidates, and we're going to we're going to get the train moving. So thank you all for coming. Uh, please pray for me, continue to pray for me, that God will give me what I need to do this job, because we know without him nothing is possible. So thank you all for coming, and I look forward to talking to you all in the future. Thomas has 30 years of law enforcement experience and comes to Talladega from the Prattville Police Department, where she served as assistant police chief. Morgan County drug officers were able to seize 18 grams of fentanyl, along with half a pound of meth. The drug seizure is the result of a search warrant that was executed at a home in Hartzell. Before that was a lengthy investigation into the drug deals that were going on at the home on Osley Bend Road. 27-year-old Mary Patel is now facing multiple drug-related charges. She's being held on a $202,000 fine. 40-year-old Rodriguez Mosley was also arrested for loitering at a drug house. His bond was only set at $300. A Hueytown Arby's employee is now fired and facing charges for throwing hot grease on a customer. The employee has been identified as 50-year-old Shea Peoples. Peoples is being held on bond at the Jefferson County Jail. Authorities say that an altercation occurred between Peoples and a female customer. That customer has second-degree burns on her body as a result of the hot grease. The victim is still hospitalized and recovering from those burns. Arby's management confirms that Peoples was fired immediately upon committing the offense, and for now, the Hueytown restaurant is temporarily closed. A 22-year-old cold case in Baldwin County has now been solved. A body found in the Styx River back in 2000 has now been identified. Forensic testing shows that Daniel Muniz Jr. drowned in the river. Muniz Jr. was a migrant worker from Texas who was estranged from his family in that state. The case was reopened back in 2019 based on the distinctive tattoos that Muniz had on his body. Those tattoo descriptions were sent to different missing persons websites, and in 2021, the stepdaughter to Muniz recognized the tattoos and contacted the Baldwin County Sheriff's Office. 
The Alabama Department of Forensic Sciences assisted in finalizing Muniz Jr.'s identity. Toyota Field in Madison is taking on more than just one sport. The University of North Alabama will be playing football at the stadium this coming fall. Madison Mayor Paul Finley made the announcement at the start of this week. The game by UNA is set for October 15th. Toyota Field is home to the Rocket City Trash Pandas, which is a minor league baseball team, but it was also built as a venue that could be reconfigured for other sports and activities. Toyota Field sits up to 10,000 fans. And in Walker County this past weekend, there were 41 baptisms inside the Walker County Jail. The Walker County Sheriff, Nick Smith, says that 27 ministry volunteers faithfully show up to the jail dorms every day. Those baptisms and declarations of faith in Christ were a visible result of the ministry that's taking place behind bars. For more in-depth stories affecting the state of Alabama, go to 1819news.com. In national news, it's going to be home tweet home for Elon Musk. The Tesla CEO is about to completely own the social media platform that he enjoys tweeting and posting on. Musk will make it a private company with him at the helm. The cash deal of $54.20 per share is valued at $44 billion. The Twitter board returned to the meeting room this past Sunday to reconsider Musk's offer after he made clear indications that he was about to engage in a tender offer, which is a direct appeal to the Twitter shareholders bypassing what the board has to say in the matter. In a public statement made about the deal, the board's chair, Brett Taylor, said the proposed transaction by Musk is the best path forward for Twitter's stockholders. Musk also made a statement that free speech is the bedrock of a functioning democracy and Twitter is the digital town square where matters vital to the future of humanity are debated. Former President Donald Trump is weighing in on this recent development. Trump was kicked off of Twitter in January of 2021. He had 85 million followers at the time when his account was banned and silenced by Jack Dorsey, the former CEO of Twitter. Trump has responded to Twitter exchanging ownership by saying he still doesn't plan on returning to the platform since he's started up Truth Social to compete with Twitter. That platform launched just a few months ago. Trump did describe Elon Musk as a good man who will make improvements to Twitter. Speaking of Trump, his former director of national intelligence, John Ratcliffe, was recently speaking on the Charlie Kirk show. Ratcliffe is confident that special counsel John Durham is going to issue more indictments when it comes to his investigation into the Russia collusion conspiracy theory. I always felt that there were a lot of people responsible for um, what was, you know, a, a, a hoax perpetrated on the American public intending to mislead them about Donald Trump and relations with, with Russians that didn't exist. And Michael Sussman is just one of many people, um, you know, all the way from, you know, other folks involved with the Clinton campaign um, to the DNC, you know, to independent folks like Christopher Steele, uh, to even folks within the FBI that per- you know, perpetuated what they knew to be a false narrative for some period of time. And so, you know, I've said this before, I expect there to be a lot of lot more indictments to be forthcoming from John Durham, besides the, the, the ones that have trickled out so far. And that's based upon, you know, documents, some of which, many of which are still not yet uh, declassified. And last year, parents became politically active in a lot of school districts across the nation 
to the point of making headline news for their demand of changes in the curriculum and also wanting to hold the school boards accountable to them. A lot of these parents were even labeled as domestic terrorists by the U.S. Department of Justice for speaking out and expressing their views at these school board meetings. The outrage continues following the recent Florida law that bans schools from teaching sexuality and gender identity to those who are third grade or below. It's now coming to light in other school districts like the Glendale Unified School District in California The teachers have been setting aside several days a week to secretly teach eight-year-olds about sexuality. Here is one mother calling out third-grade teacher Tammy Tiber at a recent board meeting. These are eight-year-old children that she is trying to hold a sexual orientation class with. A parent shared their concern and their um, objection to it and pulled their kid out. And instead of this teacher being concerned of what she did wrong, she goes to a district employee and asks for ways of how she can continue to teach sexual orientation to her third grade class. And we don't want those subjects being taught to children who are just eight years old. And the topics get worse and worse and the subjects get uh, more detailed. And I'm sorry, are we doing Bible studies in classrooms? No, we're not, right? So why is this certain agenda being pushed into the classrooms? Parental outrage expressed at school boards is what put Loudoun County Schools in Virginia on the nightly news just in 2021. Well, Brandon Mitchin was one of those parents. He's now running for the congressional district seat in Loudoun County. Mitchin went on Fox News recently to talk about how parents are waking up to the subtle indoctrination that has been quietly going on under their noses pretty much until COVID-19 hit. I hear from parents all across the country saying, we are fed up, we want our voices back. If you look prior to 20, uh, January 2021, you rarely heard about school boards. You're now hearing about school boards all across the country. What I can promise the American public is when I'm elected in November, I will launch an investigation into these special interest groups and these teachers unions, the DOJ and this administration for colluding against our children. Our children deserve better. Our children deserve a good education. They deserve to be taught literacy, financial literacy. We need more trade programs. Parents are fed up across the country. DeSantis is setting an example and others are following. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis is back in the news for signing an election integrity bill this past Monday. The new law bans ballot harvesting, drop boxes, mass mail-in ballots, and no Zuckerbucks from any organization can go to elected officials. DeSantis says Florida is a prime example of how to conduct elections for the rest of the nation, not California or New York, where votes take days and weeks to count and don't inspire election integrity confidence for the voters. DeSantis signed that bill on Monday, but over the weekend, he was also speaking at another event in which he talked about the influx of blue state liberals coming into Florida to find jobs and good schools for their kids. There is cause for concern, because if you look at like Texas would have all these companies move from California over the years. So you'd have companies move from San Francisco to Austin and they'd bring hundreds of employees with them. And those employees would vote the exact same way they voted that turned San Francisco into the dumpster fire that it is. And it's like the leftism, they will not draw the connection between their leftist ideology and the destruction that's all around them. And so it is a problem because I do think there's a class of voters who are, would, would come to Florida and they would continue to vote the same way. DeSantis' comments were posted on Twitter by The Recount. Well, who's the most unpopular Republican senator in Congress? Well, son of a Mitch, it's McConnell. The Kentucky senator is coming in at 33% approval rating, according to Monday morning consult poll that was conducted this week. 
McConnell is less popular than the Democrat sympathizing senators Mitt Romney, Lisa Murkowski, and Susan Collins. Malice towards McConnell by Republicans may be even further fanned with a recent report from the New York Times. They claim that back in January of 2021, when Democrats launched an impeachment trial against Trump, that McConnell agreed that Trump taking part in the January 6th protest was an impeachable offense, and he hoped that Democrats would take Trump out. That report, keep in mind, is according to the New York Times, so take it all with more than a few grains of salt. You're listening to The Daily Detail from 1819 News. Make sure to check out Rideside Radio, where host Phil Williams talks with the CEO of 1819 News, Brian Dawson. Your thoughts. Yesterday, I, I kind of ran a question that lit the phones up. Um, and I even had uh, Dale Jackson and Jeff Poor on here opining with me on it also. Do you think, I mean, assuming she would ever do a debate, and I'll get to the Senate in a minute, but do you? Th- how do you think Kay Ivey would do if she were on a stage with Lou Burdett, Tim James, Lindy Blanchard, Dean Odell, how do you think she would do? You know, I think um, I think she would get destroyed. Uh, she also has a record where none of the other people don't. And so she would be sitting there trying to defend um, what would be a very horrible record, specifically surrounding COVID, and, and you know, wouldn't be able to defend that. But also, I, I do think, you know, she's getting up there in years, her, you know, her mental capacity... I don't know. Like, I, I try not to be mean. I know everybody likes KIV, but at the end of the day, you know, our state needs to be ran and needs to be ran well. And I and I think there's almost a one to one between you know the United States and the state of Alabama as far as we have a president who's a figurehead, um, and people are pulling the strings and running the state, and he they just kind of like take him to little press gaggles and make him smile and wave. And that's essentially what's happening with KIV. And so, I don't think there's any way she could stand up long enough to do a debate. Uh, much less be able to articulate points, um, fine-tune points specifically with, you know, all the different things we're facing with, um, you know, I mean, there's just so much going on that Tim James, Dean Odell, Linda Blanchard, I mean, I think they would they would tear it to shreds. All right, man, you're, you're, you're rougher than Dale Jackson was, but, uh, but, but I, I tell you what, I agree with everything you just said, though. <laughs> you can find more of that podcast at rightsideradio.org. If you're enjoying The Daily Detail, remember you can subscribe and get the reports every day on your phone or electronic device. Just simply go to Spotify or Apple Podcasts. I'm Andrea Tice. I'll be back again on Wednesday. I look forward to updating you then. Alabama. Alabama. Our great state. Alabama. Of Alabama. This has been The Daily Detail. For more up-to-date news, go to 1819news.com, where you'll find honest news and Alabama values. 